You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And next, I'm going to be chatting with Jenny Kennedy about her, her story, Healing Incurable Cancer, One Woman's Inspiring Story. Jenny, it is so good to have you here. Welcome to the Up Your Brave show. Thanks very much, Nat. And I'm excited to be here and share my story with you and your listeners today. You know, it's great because uh, for those that you don't know Jenny, you know, Jenny and I have been friends, you know, business friends for many, many years. She's got such an inspiring story, which tragically I think is so relevant at the moment. So for those of you that don't know Jenny, Jenny Kennedy was diagnosed with incurable stage three ovarian cancer in 2012. Her story is truly inspiring. Determined to find a way to heal herself, she embarked on a journey within to find the answers. She let go of her mind and allowed her intuition to guide her back to a place of great health. By embracing her intuition, she not only overcame a challenging diagnosis, but also transformed her life into one of magic and miracles. As an intuitive healer and teacher, Jenny shares her profound experience and teaches Heal You, Six Steps to Healing, which are the same six steps that she uncovered in her remarkable journey. We're going to share them with you today. Her mission is to guide others on a path of self-discovery, helping them unlock their inner healing potential and manifest positive changes in their lives. Well, now is a great time for everybody, I think, to manifest positive changes. Um, Jenny, how did you get into this journey, obviously, for your from your health? But tell us a little bit more about that. Um, well, I'm an intuitive healer, and what that encompasses is uh teaching others to tap into their own intuition and you know because our intuition is the guide to our life really we all know what feels right and our intuition aligns us with what our soul's purpose in life so I was doing this work for about 10 years and then in 2012 December 2012 I had noticed just a bit of a lump in my lower abdomen, but I wasn't worried about it too much at all because, you know, I felt healthy and well and all the rest of it. And um, it wasn't till I made an appointment, I went to my doctor and her reaction as soon as she was palpating my um, abdominal region that she just said, hang on a minute, rushed out of her room and said, I've got to get some wheels in motion. I was just sort of, you know, lying on the table wondering what was going on she came back into the room and I said to her could this be serious and she looked at me and just nodded her head and said yes this could be serious so this was kind of the first indication that was something was up so by this stage it was just a little lump in in my lower abdomen I was just thinking oh you know it's just a, a cyst on my ovary or something like that And um, so I did some tests and then, you know, she shared with me that I had incurable stage 3C ovarian cancer. So that means it had metastasized into lymph nodes and, you know, you have a flap over your stomach and it metastasized into that. So it was major surgery that I was in for and then they recommended uh, chemotherapy just to give me a few more months to live and 
anybody who gets that diagnosis or anybody whose loved one gets that diagnosis, it's just complete and utter fear when you hear those words. So I was sitting with that fear from sun up to sundown for about 10 days. And then I woke really early one morning. And it was that time between deep sleep and waking where you're just coming into consciousness. And it was like a voice in my head said, you are healed. And I thought, this is really kind of weird. But my whole body felt that, like it was just palpable, the relief that I experienced in my body. And I had no idea with what was going on at that time. But that is, as you talked about, the six steps to healing, which I use the acronym HEAL-U. And that is that first step to have hope and turn that hope into belief. So that's what happened in my body in that moment, is it believed what that voice in my head said. So it wasn't until much later when I was you know, thinking, what, what was this voice in my head? But what I've come to understand is when we are facing a life and death situation, the um, intuitive part of the brain can override the logical thinking part of the brain. And this is what happened in that moment. So that intuitive part overrode my logical thinking, believing what the medical profession had said to me and had brought through, you know, that feeling, that knowing that I am healed. But, you know, it's not an easy feat. Every time I go to the medical people, the first thing they'd say to me, I have no idea why. Now, you know, we can't hear you, heal you. And then they would, you know, go on to say what the treatment plan or wow. whatever was. So it was a big job to keep myself back into that place of believing. And this is where I aligned with that spiritual um, part of my believing in a higher power, uh, your guides and angels, you know, whatever someone's belief is. And when I'd go into the fear that the medical people were telling me, I'd just say, well, that's their fear, not my fear. And I would then ask the universe to send me signs. And this helped me to shift that fear more quickly and the more I started to do it the quicker I got at doing that so that's working with my clients that's the first thing we do whatever they're facing because it's not all people going with cancer I work with you know business people um it, it's turning that getting it that hope and then turning it into belief so that happened about 10 days after my diagnosis so I thought to myself okay Something inside me is telling me that I can heal this, but I had no idea what I was going to do. And what I came to discover was the universe has all the answers. So from that point on, what showed up in my life was an opportunity for healing and growth. And I had a friend come and visit me. She found out about my diagnosis. And I was made her a cup of tea and she, we sat down and she said, oh, I know someone who's just been diagnosed with what you've been diagnosed. She's had her first chemo, but she, she's died. And of course, you can imagine how I felt. My body straight away went into fear. And I said to her pretty sternly, actually, I don't need to hear that right now. 
but knowing that the universe or life is always supporting to us to heal I thought to myself right from this point on I'm only going to surround myself with people who will encourage me and support me so that's my second step to healing the E encouragement Mm. and support I also thought with that, though, because you had said, you know, universe, please send me a sign. Well, it sent you a clear sign what path not to take with yes. her being so blatant with that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and intuitively noticing, you know, the reaction from my body, too. Two other things I want to mention, Jenny. I know I'm interrupting your story, but um, okay. I, you know, we hear so much about people feeling for lumps in their arm, you know, the breast check and that and everything in their in their lymph nodes around the breast and in the armpits i've never really thought about feeling in the in the ovary area so interesting about that second thing was about triggers i had a guest on the other week talking about psychological triggers the word heal you know you said the medical staff kept saying to you we can't heal you you know but here's the treatment and it's wow i've had medical people in my life because i have quite a few that get very triggered by the word heal oh well, that's not going to heal you your essential oils don't heal and i'm like no the body is designed to heal itself the the oils just help the body to do what it's designed to do naturally oh they get so triggered by the word heal well my experience for me so they'd always say they can't cure me Right. And cure to me is just getting rid of the signs and symptoms. Whereas healing is yes. identifying with our spiritual selves because it's it's the spiritual self that's got out of alignment. Uh, and that's where dis-ease is created in the body. So when we heal the spiritual self, and I'll talk a bit more about what that is in a moment, then the physical body just matches that. Uh, so I think it's quite a big distinction between healing and curing because yes. healing has got to come from within. Yeah, so that was my second step. And then I thought, okay, so what am I going to do now? So I went into meditation and just simply asking, okay, show me, what's my next step? What do I need to do? And in the meditation, I was guided to the tumour and the tumour actually spoke to me. And it said to me, well, Jenny, you look good and you feel good, but something isn't right within. So we're coming from the inside out to get your attention. So that was, you know, my understanding that my healing had had to come from within. So that's my third step to healing, to become aware of your inner knowing. And I do that with a lot of my clients is, you know, to guide them into the body because the body is the barometer to the soul. And if we just listen to it, it has all the answers. So many of us, you know, just are living in our heads all the time. We're nowhere so, you know, doggone tired, but we keep pushing ourselves forward. Um, Our lives are stressful. And if we just stop for a moment and dropped and listened to the body, then, you know, it, it would tell us what we're actually needing. And then we can get to that place of listening to the body before dis-ease, you know, develops in the body. So that's my third step to healing. The A is become aware of your inner knowing. So then I got that far and I thought, okay, so now what do I do? And um, I called up a friend who'd done a lot of the metaphysical training that I'd done, and I asked her just to sit with me 
And we just put that intent out to be led to the root cause of what created the cancer. And between the two of us, we sort of, um, I suppose it's what we were intuitively guided with in the moment, took me through a meditation. And I was actually taken back to a memory. And when I uncovered this memory, it was like the attack was turned on, the emotion just came flooding out of me. But when I uncovered that memory, there was two distinct beliefs that I uncovered that had been kind of the informed my whole life. And that was, it must have been my fault and I'm not good enough. So I'd had a history of uh, emotional, physical and sexual abuse. And so unbeknownst to me, i defaulted into that you know I'm not good enough I've got to prove myself um, and it must have been my fault so I became a chronic people pleaser a chronic high achiever uh, burnt myself out and had absolutely no idea what I wanted so part of that coping mechanism as a child also allowed my intuition to develop because it was much safer for me to be able to read other people's you know what was going on for them so that I could avert a disaster or avert violence or you know something like that in in my sphere and my reality so there was the good side to develop my intuition but then the journey kind of began as I noticed in my life oh my gosh where am I saying yes when I should have say, said no where am I not even offering up my opinion about what I want to do because I had no idea what I want to do. Where am I keeping the peace for the sake of um, not wanting to upset other people? You know, all those sorts of questions started to come to mind. And when I became aware of it, what was the root cause, that was just a totally, you know, life-changing wake-up call in a way. I think for but some of our listeners, all... that will resonate as well, the people pleasing. And if people haven't heard that term, it's very much a personal development, personal discovery term. But um, a lot of people will be resonating with that as well, Jenny, and maybe having some ahas. So thank you for bringing that up. If they too have gone through life thinking, oh, don't rock the boat, you know, uh, what was the thing the apple cart, you know, don't tip mm -hmm. over the apple cart or whatever. Um, all those phrases around keeping the peace, you know, don't ruffle their feathers, we have to walk on eggshells, anything like that, you know, where you have to suppress your own expression or your own um, opinions, it can, it can result in, in health problems, which, you know, every, most people are realizing the connection between emotional um, health and physical, you know, how things show up in your physical body. Uh, so thank you for raising that. And I had a question as well. You mentioned you had burnout. Did that happen before or not uh, soon before the um, the cancer diagnosis? It, it did. I, I was in the um, corporate world. I was a legal executive and I, I just burnt out. And that, and that was because I couldn't say no. You know, I was just working so hard and kept getting – the better I did, the more I got type of thing. And that was about 10 years before my diagnosis. Right. Yeah. But there is actual science to, you know, back this up and uh, the work of Dr. Candice Pert. So she's a cellular 
biologist, and she wrote the book Molecules of Emotion. And what she uncovered in her research that is that every time we have a suppressed emotion, we physically store that in our cells. So over time, there is the propensity for dis-ease to develop and uh, where that is, you know, stored in that cell. And I thought, yeah, well, no wonder I got ovarian cancer because ovaries is where we create life from. And I didn't even know how to create my own life because I was too busy worrying about other people's life. So it made, you know, absolute uh, sense to me. And then the other science behind this that I uncovered is the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he wrote, wrote the book Biology of Belief. And it was the biggest aha moment when I read that he was in his laboratory looking at his petri dish. And, and he's a cellular biologist. And what he noticed was that it is the perception of the environment that controls a cell. So perceptions in human terms is beliefs. So it's the beliefs that actually control ourselves. So the minute I had that epiphany or whatever it was where you are healed came to me, that was the minute my cells started to change to match that belief. But the trick is we've just got to keep ourselves in that place of believing it. So this is where science is now catching up with spirituality, what mm -hmm. you know people have known for thousands and thousands of years. So whatever you know any of your listeners are going through, if you can get to the the root cause, be led to the root cause of whatever that challenge is. Um, I had had a business, um, you know, high profile businessman, a couple of days ago that has got three companies and he just got a block and then when we uncovered that root cause of it, it just the whole you know the pennies dropped for him so you can use this these six steps to healing in any area of your life that's the exciting part of it jenny the one i missed i didn't write it down was the e what was that encouragement and support thank you mm. yeah People that can believe in your vision, believe that you can create what it is that you want to create. And so that's coming to the fifth step to healing, which is the dash. And that is to surrender. So that's to surrender into what is, because a lot of people who get diagnosed, particularly with cancer, they think, oh, I've got to think positive. And that's not what, what it's about, because when we think positive, we're suppressing what's really here. Mm -hmm. We want to actually surrender to any emotions that um, come in any moment. And when we surrender to those emotions and accept them, then we can move through them. And emotions are just um, energy in motion. But what happens, and that's what I talked about with Dr. Candice Pert, is when we suppress them. So if we try and be positive, then we're not going to heal from that. We need to welcome them, but to be able to move through them more easily. So it's to accept where you're at. And that's in um, our group. We have an online group coaching with people that are going through healing uh, challenges. 
And when we ask them to actually share their story, and they can find that quite painful, but it's very freeing in that to accept where you're at. And now we start to focus on healing. So that's why, you know, if anybody is going through a cancer journey, rather than, oh, no, I'm going to heal, come back to accepting it, um, embracing those emotions around it, because there's huge fear, terror for me. Um, when I got that diagnosis and it was accepting it that I could move through it and then face on the healing. So that's the dash for surrendering. Surrender to what is and surrender to your emotions. Mm. Is there a fine line between accepting what is and making what is your identity? Meaning I have, well, one person comes to mind, I'm sure there's more, who have been through a cancer journey and they it seems to become like they almost get not so much stuck in the story, but I feel like they're kind of recycling that story. So we don't want to be positive and just put a lid on it. We want to uh, accept what is, as you said, surrender and accept, uh, but not allow that to become who we are and all we talk about and what we're known for. What, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely, absolutely. And it's all a soul's journey as well. So if you have an inkling that you can heal or you're looking for something to heal, then that's your soul speaking to you. So there will people that will get a conventional diagnosis and just follow the conventional treatment, and that's their soul's journey. Mm -hmm. But if someone is listening to this and they're getting aha, uh -huh, maybe I can do that, then that's what you've got to listen to, that that's part of your soul's journey. And that's when you change from that's your story, but now bring me the hope and turn that hope into belief. So that's excellent because, and I know when I'd go up to get my chemotherapy, um, I would hear people stuck in their stories and I said I, I can't be a part of this I've accepted where I'm at but my focus now is on healing not on that story yeah mm, yeah and I have you know like, like many many stories and instances of where I was supported from the universe other realms you know whatever anyone's belief system is and it was, it sort of began when one day I'd had my chemotherapy because I really asked and prayed, please not, you know, I don't want to have any chemotherapy because I'd had major, major surgery. And, um, but I knew within me at that point in time, I couldn't do it without the chemo. So what I teach my clients to do is to the, the quickest path to get you out of fear, because when You've got the least amount of fear, then you can focus on your healing. So I thought, right, I can't do it without any chemo at this stage, but show me the signs when I've had enough. And it actually happened that I had a third of the chemo that they recommended to give me a few more months to live. Mm -hmm. And how that came about was... It was one morning I, I woke up and I just thought, I've had enough. I'm, I'm done. I don't need any chemotherapy. But it's a big decision to make. And at that stage, we were living in the South Island and I had to travel to Christchurch for my chemotherapy. And we got there and I was sitting in the waiting room waiting to see my oncologist and then go and get my infusion. 
And I just said to my grandmother in spirit, who I was very, very close with, and I said, Nanny, show me that I've had enough. And straight away, I looked at the television playing in the corner of the uh, waiting room, and it just had uh, healthy living right across. That was the only words on the television at that point in time. And it was some advertisement for, for something. I'm not sure what it was. but mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that synchronicity. Okay, that's my sign, very loud and clear. But I still didn't have the, the courage to say, no, I don't want any chemo. And I went in to see my oncologist and he said to me, your platelets just, you know, they're not recovering enough between your chemo sessions. We're going to have to really lower the dose this time. And I'm going, yay, okay, that's another sign. Don't have to have quite so much. And then I went in to get my infusion. And after five nurses had had some of them too, some of them more goes at trying to get a vein. Mm-hmm. Nobody could find a vein. Internally, I was kind of laughing to myself and going, yep, William, you're really making it evident now, no more chemo. And I just said, no, I don't want any more chemo. And they all panicked and said, oh, we'll find another, you know, specialty nurse. I said, no, no, that's fine. I'm all good. Because I had built up enough faith in my signs Mm -hmm. by that time. And, you know, I walked out of there without that, um, not having any more chemo. And I'd had a third of the amount that they'd recommended so that's just asking for the signs and taking notice of those signs as the universe is supporting you and backing yourself because which i imagine is hard and given different people's scenario they'll have a you know a partner or sister or someone saying no 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 no, you have to finish the course like this is ridiculous what are you thinking And you just listening to yourself and I can't help but draw parallels right now between, you know, what we all went through, even with, with COVID and and vaccines or even things that we, we hear on the news. Sometimes it's like, get, what can you do to get out of fear? Because if you're in a state of fear, you're more stressed, your immunity goes down, your mental health and well-being goes down. So whatever, so for all the listeners, obviously cancer is something that only some people will really be able to, thank goodness, relate to you on. But for others, we will be able to relate to this and the wisdom and the six steps on whatever we're navigating in our life. But the message I'm hearing loud and clear from you, Jenny, is whatever you can do to move away from that fear and tapping back in to listening to your soul's journey, listening to your own intuition. Mm. And and understanding that science that I spoke about before of Dr. Bruce Lipton, you know, when you have that belief and that thought, So realizing how powerful our thoughts are, they're like magnets. And so that's what I said, surrender to fear when we're going into the fear, but then focus on what you do want to create. Because when you're in fear, you're just focusing on what could be a possibility. But the magic and and the science, as I say, that backs it and focusing on what you do want so it's as we talked about before going from that step of fear acknowledging it and then finding that path forward and that brings me to my final step which is the you is to then unleash your plan you know you've recognized the fear that's not what you want what do you want what am I going to create moving forward and everybody's journey is is different because you've got to listen to your own intuition because it's whatever feels right for you is the right path but for me part of unleashing my plan was 
So my diet, because a lot of people that get diagnosed, first thing they do is diet. I didn't change my diet at all because I knew it was the stress. And I'd eaten pretty clean, you know, for most of my life. I still like chocolate and very, very occasionally a glass of wine. But I knew that what that hadn't caused the cancer. So my plan involved, as I said, surrounding myself with people who would believe in my goal, my aim, uh, Qigong, which is a wonderful way to shift stagnant energy, um, getting myself in nature, yoga, listening to music. I would dance, you know, in my uh, living room, which is all ways of what's known as lifting our vibration, making us feel good. And when we feel good, then the body's flooded with dopamine, oxytocin, which are all feel-good chemicals that heal without us actually having to do a thing. Now, at times I was extremely ill, so I would just visualize myself doing those because, you know, I could hardly move. And what they've understand that visualization is just as powerful as actually doing it. So, you know, whether you're a business person wanting to create something that's part of unleashing your plan, what feels right for you and not sticking to what, you know, the, the business people say you should do. Say for a marketing example, it has to align with your energy yeah. for it to be able to work. I agree. Yeah. Rather than just saying saying what the experts say and, and following that path, if it feels out of alignment, it feels wrong. That's listen to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have a friend at the moment who has gone with her breast cancer, gone down the traditional medical route. I hear what you're saying about, you know, she was in so much pain and the recovery. And some people do that path and it works for them. But after a year, it she's just she's she needed a break and she's going holistic and she started and she just was she just did her um Pangu Qigong training. She went with me to the EES energy room last week. And, you know, I'm just hopeful. And I think what you just said about visualizing, if you can't do it, visualizing it and that has power as well. Um, thank you for sharing these six steps with us. I'm hoping people can relate to them and use them in their own lives, whatever they're navigating. Um, what else about your journey, Jenny? I mean, were you the, after you did that, how is your health now? Were you just totally fine afterwards or did you revert a little bit? Uh, no, I was actually really good. Um, I just knew I was healed. And we shift, We were living in the South Island and kind of when you get a wake-up call, you think, hmm, what do I really want to do with my life? And both my husband and I are beach people and, you know, love a warmer climate. So we've moved up to Mount Monganui, which we absolutely adore being here. And uh, I had to shift my, you know, change my medical team, obviously, and so I changed my GP, my oncologist, and my gynecologist. And I had decided not to have any more blood tests because they said that when it came back, the only thing they could do was give me more chemo. And I decided I didn't want any more chemo. And my, I went to my gynecologist and he said to me, we need to do some blood tests. And I said, oh, I thought it would have been in my notes. I don't want any more blood tests. And he said, no, 
no, no, no, we need to get these blood tests done. I said, oh, I don't want any more blood tests done, thank you. Uh, he said, no, I need to know where you're at. I need to get these blood tests done. Picked up the lab form, filled it out, plonked it on his desk and said, please go and get these lab te tests done. And I picked that up and I was fuming. I thought you were going to say you ripped it up. No, I didn't. And and that's, you know, and a very important thing to actually say, uh, Nat, because I sat with that fuming for a couple of days and they thought, well, I'm going to show him. I'm off to the lab and I'm going to get these blood tests done and say that, you know, show him that I'm fine. And away I went and I never really gave it much more thought and then 10 days later, my GP, so she was a new GP, I'd never seen her before, and she rang me and she said, has anybody given you your blood results back? And I said, no. And she said, oh, and then there was silence. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what's happened? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry, but your cancer markers have shot right back up. You'll have to go to your oncologist and start chemo again. And then she popped the phone down and I was Left. I was actually doing my GST at the time and I was oh, left all double brain with her. Yeah. <laughs> and um and then five minutes later the phone rang again and she must have thought about it and she said, Look, I'm here for you if you'd like to talk. And I said, oh, Yes, please, can I make an appointment to come and see you? And I went to see her and I was blown away because I, you know, how you've got to put your occupation down and I put intuitive healer. And she said to me, I see what you do. Why do you think this has happened? And I said to her, because I haven't finished my healing yet. And she said, yes, exactly. I, I was blown in that way that a, just a GP would say this. And um, so I went back to see my oncologist and he said, we want to start chemo straight away. And I said to him, give me three months and I'll be back. So away I went and I did more work on myself because, as you said, I could have gone out of that room, ripped it up and not done any more. But from my history of, you know, abuse, when no didn't be no, mm -hmm. life had given me another lesson of that triggered me. Mm -hmm. And I stuffed those emotions, got angry mm -hmm. and then, you know, rebellious, I suppose, rather than saying no. I could have just said, no, I'm not doing that, and walked out. And, of course, it wouldn't affect me. But I allowed that anger to be triggered, and I stuffed that down. So I did some more healing around that. Three months later, I went back, and um, cancer markers had dropped right back down again. And they said to me, well, we don't know how this happens, but, you know, good luck. That's great. Sometimes it does happen. But I then knew why the universe had brought that to me because I now had medical evidence of what releasing suppressed emotion, how that shows up in your cancer markers. In terms of your blood test results? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Blood tests. So that was a very, very valuable lesson to learn. And then so when you said to him, you know, I'll be back in three months, did you really like dial it up in terms of the healing, in terms of the Qigong or visualization and, and whatever else you were doing, did you really just amplify that or did you just stick with what you were already doing? No, I didn't. It was more the emotional release work. So I did more work around 
you know, setting my boundaries mm-hmm. and not giving my power away because, you know, for from many abuse survivors, that's what they do is give their well, they had no choice at that, you know, time of abuse, but you give your power away. So and being a doctor, because so many of us do give our power away to believing mm-hmm. what the doctor says, and I may gave my power to, you know, here's someone in authority that no doesn't mean no. So it's when I did that inner emotional work around that that shift the uh cancer markers so it wasn't necessarily the qigong and and the emotional work it is deep diving work you know they call it work it it is work but you feel so good and so much lighter did you have someone do that with you because some people will be listening and I agree going I you know I want to do deep work how do I do it like don't you need somebody to facilitate meaning ask you questions or can you just do it yourself? Either well, either. I had a lot of knowledge anyway, so I knew what I was looking and in meditation I could do it. But yes, definitely to get. And sometimes I would go and get support if I knew, because there's so much healing and someone just witnessing those unhealed parts mm-hmm. of you that that's where the healing happens, just in the witnessing. So yes, I would go and see uh, someone, but that's you know what I now do professionally both on my one-on-one and and my group coaching work for people is to support them in that and to actually to find you know because if if it's all new to you you don't really know how to even begin and when we get awareness to what's actually going on with us where those beliefs are that aren't serving us any longer we're 90% there when we have those awarenesses Thank you for sharing your journey with us. It is quite a journey and it's very cool that you now have turned around and you're helping so many, not just people with cancer, but people that are ready to heal because you do have to be ready, right? Because some people just aren't ready to heal, um, yes. to do the work because it is, it can be quite emotional and yes. uncomfortable. Yes. You, do, you do have to be ready. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, Jenny, I'd love to ask you about upping your brave. If what is one thing you've done in the last year where you've truly upped your brave? Well, I had an intuitive hunch and I thought I was way, way out of my league, but I acted on that intuitive hunch and you're part of that, where I wanted to get the wonderful Dr. Bruce Lipton because I so admire his work and I reached out to you and synchronistically it all fell into place and uh, he is actually coming to Tauranga to speak and I will be sharing the stage with him, uh, sharing my story as well. So it was that little intuitive hunch, and which is your soul speaking to you. And then all those negative thoughts, oh, no, there's no way, you know, he would do that. And who are you to, you know, do that? So that's where I really had to up my brave and let go of all of those fears. So that's very exciting. That's happening next April 27th. So this is, so Bruce Lipton, who you've already mentioned, who was also a previous guest on the Up Your Brave show. He came to New Zealand last year. I think he comes every year. But you had this idea of creating an event in Tauranga, not just everyone has to go to Auckland. Is that the idea? It's in Tauranga. Yes, it is in Tauranga. It wasn't even like that. Like it wasn't formulated in my mind like that. But it was just a knowing that I need... Or 
it would be so wonderful for people to hear his work. Mm-hmm. And that's where it started from. And then it just so good. unfolded, yeah. You know, because I suppose that knowing that this is really important work. And, you know, already we've got medical people lining up to buy tickets. They're not live yet, but once they <laughs> get live, because the door's been open for them to see things in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with the NZD SOS conference that happened a few uh, weeks back, um, people are more open to holistic health and healing. So I'm thrilled that you'll be able to share your story and also bring Bruce back to us. So thank you so much for organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you did up your brave there. What about the bucket list? One thing you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with? Um, I would love to get a heart-centered publisher to get my story into book format. Mm. So if anyone, anyone knows somebody. <laughs> if anybody knows somebody, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Perfect. Sounds good. Heart-centered publisher. Amazing. Yeah. And how can they get in touch with you? What's coming up for you in the next six months? And how can we connect with you online? Um, well, my website is www.jennykennedy.co.nz. So every um, month, uh, I have a friend that I co-facilitate, and she healed very aggressive colon cancer without chemotherapy. So we have kind of different strengths. So we co-facilitate together. So we do, it's called Group Conversations for Inner Wellness, which is an online low price point, $29 uh, every month. So you can see that on my website where I have a four-week online course beginning the 7th of November that's $99, that's healing the chakras. So it's understanding chakras, and then we'll be doing the healing around those. And then we, Justine Laidlaw, my friend, and I do six-week group coaching, healing from within, and our next group coaching starts on 3rd of November. So that's all on my website where people can see that. That is so good because... Yeah, I love that because some a lot of people listening, and especially if they've listened to my show for a while, I do talk about holistic health quite a lot, but they it's kind of like where to from here. And so this is great. So there's a few things happening in November. It's not like a six-month commitment. It's a six-week thing. You can just get on board and get yourself into some good practices and healing um, with some amazing support. That sounds so good, Jenny. What were you going to say? Um, what, what I was going to say is that... The healing from within, it's like being all together and supporting one another. The people that go for it through our course, like some of them have become, you know, lifelong friends and that a lot of the healing happens in the support with that. And like we had in the last week, we've had four women with stage four cancer that have now have no evidence of disease. And I'm certainly not going to take the you know, the kudos for that, because the healing is, comes from within, you know, we can open the door for the healing, but you've got to, each individual has to do it for themselves. Do you have men that do it as well? We have a few, but not so many. I'm just asking on behalf of any men listening that are thinking that they might want to join, but they just don't want to be the only guy. (laughs) Yeah, the, the, the men will go to my friend Justine. So she does a 10-week online course, uh, Radical Remission, Amazing. which is the research work by Dr. Kelly Turner, if anybody's listening. Wonderful, wonderful work. 
and uh, more men sign up for that, but not so much for the group coaching. Okay. Men seem to come to me more individually. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I'm just asking, just in case someone was wondering. Uh, Jenny, before we wrap things up, what else would you love to share with our listeners today? Well, number one, that they are way more powerful than what they believe. And, you know, listening to that story of, um, you know, the science behind what we believe. So whatever it is in your life that your inner knowing has a inkling that that's what you create, know that the universe is there to support you. But remember, you've got to ask. So, for example, there's no way do I ever have an inkling to be a racing car driver but I certainly have an inkling that I want to help you know share this for you know with other people so then if that's your inkling whatever that is even though you believe that you're not ready or you can't do it turn that around to okay show me how I can do this and then the answers and the gems will come to you so good What a great note to finish on. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Nat. It's been wonderful talking to you today. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We've been talking to Jenny Kennedy, Healing Incurable Cancer, One Woman's Inspiring Story. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what what resonated with you, and you can send us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR. Reality Check Radio.